Welcome back, everyone. This is the Trumpet of Truth podcast. I am Jacob Long. Today, we're going to talk about Resurrection Sunday, mm-hmm. um, kind of the, in my opinion, some of the false ways we've been taught about it. Um, but before we dive deep into that, let's do some table talk questions. All right. This first question is an interpretation question. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Mark eight thirty six. What does this verse mean to you? Um, kind of means what it says. It's you are of worldly things and you follow the world and you're going to forfeit your soul. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve the world and, and serve Christ at the same time. Um, so if you are gaining the whole world, you're going to lose your soul because what man and what the world can offer you pales in comparison to what God can offer you. Yep. And lots of times when you're trying to gain the whole world, Money has a lot to do with that, and the, the love of money has a lot to do with that, and yeah. the Bible says that. The love of earthly things. You shouldn't yeah. love earthly. Well, I mean, there's obviously things you should love, but you shouldn't put that love of. Earthly possessions, of, yeah. Yeah, of heavenly things. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You lose your soul. You lose your soul if you do. Yep. All right, what's the next one? Um, next one is a hot topic. What are some important topics that churches should address, but don't? Um... Should we just get our laundry list out? Yeah, there's, there's a, a, a ton. Important topics. I don't think enough churches discuss eschatology in times. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable. I don't think enough churches talk and preach sermons over like homosexuality and just sexual immorality altogether, mm-hmm. transgenderism, yeah. all that good stuff. Um, what else? Uh, I think a lot of churches don't preach about deliverance yeah. and, and the and miracles and the miracles and, and the effect that the spiritual realm has on our everyday life, especially the, the, the bad side of the spiritual world, the demons and how we can be demonized even as Bible believing Christians. That's probably something that's not, sure. not addressed I mean, a lot. There's a, a, a bunch of them. And I think that the reason why a lot of these topics aren't, you kind of hit the nail on the head. They're uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Another one would be race too. Yeah. Like racism. Yeah. You know, cause the culture tells us that if you're white, you're privileged and all that good stuff. And I think that that's just ungodly. Yeah. You know, we're all, we're all the same. We all bleed red and Christ died for every one of us on earth that has lived or is currently living. So And we've kind of gone backwards in the church world, you know, and I'm not saying all churches are like this, but for the most part, the American church doesn't, it should be the moral standard. Like what churches are talking about and what churches are doing should be the moral standard. I mean, that's how Christ set it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we've kind of taken a backseat to that and we are going along with the culture and, you know, just kind of bowing down to whatever they say is correct when it should be the complete opposite. You know. For sure. We could talk forever on that question. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a loaded one. Just some, just some ones off the top of my head that don't get discussed enough. Mm-hmm. They definitely church. should. And that's what we hope to do with this podcast is discuss and we've, we've the done thing. That. We've, yeah. we've discussed some of those hot topics. Yeah, things so. that aren't talked about in the church. All right, it's time for the song of the week. The song of the week that we chose this week was very fitting for Resurrection Sunday. It is Death Was Arrested by North Point Worship. I've been playing this song nonstop since we heard it in church a few weeks ago. So good. It's really good. Um, Let me read it or you want to read it? Go for it. 
Okay. Um, first verse. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope, with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested and my life began. Mm. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance when death was arrested and my life began. The chorus says, Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new. Now life begins with you. So good. The The last verse is really, really good, and it's in reference to Resurrection Sunday. Good. Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoices, though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. So, so, so good. That's why we celebrate because Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. And that's when death was arrested and And our lives began. And your life begins. Amen. Yeah, that's a good song. That was. Good. I death. can't hardly read it without singing it. Like I know. When I read it. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you're great. Yeah, quit reading it and just sing it. So, yeah. So that was "Death Was Arrested" by North Point Worship. Yeah. Go give it a listen. Yeah, check it out. It's good stuff. Anyway, let's just get into it. So, for this week, we know that you know this is the week Sunday Christ would have entered into Jerusalem to be there for the last time to ultimately be crucified and to rise again. Um, but before that, let's talk about why he was going to Jerusalem in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Unleavened Bread. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to Exodus and find this where God is talking to Moses about what to do to be delivered out of the hand of Egypt. And so on the 10th day of the first month, God tells Moses to tell the people, the Israelites, to go get a lamb, each of their household, a male lamb, and bring it into the house for four days and on the 14th to kill it and eat it. And to whatever's the 14th left, of that month. Yeah, yeah, sacrifice it to uh, God. And in doing that, when they kill it, they spread the blood on the two doorposts and over the top of the doorframe to let the spirit know that's coming to take the firstborn of every child to pass over that house Mm -hmm. because they've done as God commanded. Yeah. Hence Hence, Passover. Passover. Yeah. Um, And it's interesting. I seen a, a a drawing of it a long time ago when I was young about the blood on the, on the doorframe. And if you draw a line from the blood on the top over the doorframe to the ground, you get a straight vertical line. And if you draw a line between the two posts, Mm-hmm. It, they make a cross. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see that. And another thing too is they brought this lamb in on the tenth day, and they kept it for four days. And on the fourth day, they killed it. Well, this lamb was without blemish; it was perfect, mm-hmm. and it didn't deserve to die. Yeah. I think that was the whole point: bring the lamb in. It stays in your house. You see it. Your kids see it, and then you kill it, spread its blood, and you sacrifice it to the Lord. It was a sacrifice, and it was a perfect lamb without mm-hmm. blemish. And, um, it wasn't just the one that had like poop smeared all over right. it. Right, well, like, it wasn't the fattest one either. Yeah, like, it yeah. was it was the it was the perfect yeah. one that didn't need to be killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's symbolic to what we see here as Christ goes into Jerusalem 
for the for that special yeah, Passover. Passover. Mm-hmm. And see, we've been taught that Christ was crucified on Friday, and it's Good Friday. Mm-hmm. But the Bible teaches us that the Son of Man shall be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights, just as Jonah was in the whale. Mm-hmm. And so if Jesus was crucified on Friday, you can't get from Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and then yeah. Sunday morning. So that's kind there. of what we're going to talk yeah, about a little bit. So, um, And so in Matthew twelve forty, that's when it's prophesied that you know, the Messiah will be as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster. So shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's where you're getting that from. Yeah. Matthew twelve forty. Um, So if he's crucified on Friday afternoon, mathematically that doesn't equal three days, and three nights yeah. when you get to Sunday morning, it just doesn't. And so some people will say, well, what about, um, you know, the Sabbath on Saturday? Uh, they um, went and prepared the, the girls did, and they bought the oils and the and the spices and the and the linens to prepare his body. Well, they couldn't have done that on a Saturday because the Sabbath they did it on Friday. Well, he was crucified on the ninth hour of the day, which is around three o'clock. Yeah. Well, generally markets closed down at dark at that time. Well, and at dark it would have been and at Sabbath. Dark, <laughs> yeah, and at six p.m. the Sabbath would have started for their Saturday weekly Sabbath they wouldn't be able to buy or sell anything on, on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So at what point from Friday after he's crucified till Sunday, could they have went and got the stuff to prepare and um, anoint his body? And these were all questions we were kind of asking ourselves because we've kind of been on this study and train of this topic for a while. Yeah. And we were like, that just like, it doesn't make sense. I know that's what we we're taught, you know, on this big, you know, resurrection weekend and everything like that. But we just kind of wanted to dive more into it and study it from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, kind of discover like the Jewish traditions and how they looked at days, how they looked at, you know, Passovers and different Sabbaths as well. The Jewish clock was way different than our clock. The Jewish clock, their day started at 6 a.m. sunrise and generally ended around 6 p.m. Yeah, not exactly 6 a.m., but sunrise is sunset. See, ours is midnight. That's when our day changes. Mm -hmm. Midnight, right? So for, for example, like, Tuesday is Tuesday at sunrise, which would be around, we're going to call it 6 a.m. Okay. And then Tuesday ends at 6, well, no, Tuesday doesn't begin at 6 a.m. It begins at 6 p.m. Monday night. That's when Tuesday begins. Yeah. And it goes until 6 p.m. Tuesday. And then from 6, a little after 6 p.m., to the next 6 p.m. would be Wednesday. It starts right there at Tuesday night, essentially, which yeah. we wouldn't start it until midnight, midnight yeah. which makes it a little confusing. But if I could write it so, out for you and yeah, put bear it on with paper, us. <laughs> it would make sense. Yeah. So anyways, what we've kind of gathered is a Friday crucifixion doesn't make a whole lot of sense mathematically, and it doesn't make sense scripturally either. Yeah. So we... So that we, convicted us to convicted dig... To, yeah. to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. And so what we've... You know, in our reading, we see where Jesus comes in on Sunday, mm-hmm. riding in on donkey, Palm Sunday, right? Yep. Okay, and you have to acknowledge the parallels between Passover and resurrection. Okay, there, there's parallels there, and it's there for a reason. So just like the lamb was brought in on the 10th day and killed on the 4th day, Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Sunday. You have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is yep. the 4th day. 
Okay, so G- and you got to keep in mind too. This is a dual Sabbath week, right? Which is Sabbath, something that we were never taught. You have the Sabbath on Thursday, the fifteenth, for Passover, mm-hmm. which is the fifteenth day of the month. The fifteenth day so, of the month. For those of you who aren't familiar with like Jewish Sabbaths, um, there was 52 weekly Sabbaths, which they had on, you know, Saturdays. We mm-hmm. kind of have in our Western culture moved it to Sunday. That's our like day of rest and days we go to church. But in Jewish culture, it's Saturday is their Sabbath and they have 52 weekly ones. And then in addition, you know, God appointed different times in Leviticus that they were supposed to have high holy days. And there's seven of those high holy days. And the first day of unleavened bread is the first high holy day. And it talks mm-hmm. about that in scripture on the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work. And mm-hmm. that's in Leviticus 23, five through it through eight. So that, um, and then in reference to when it was in Jesus's time on John nineteen thirty one, it says the Jews, therefore, because it was the day of preparation so that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath for that Sabbath was a high day. So it's in reference to this special Sabbath, the high holy day at the beginning of the Passover. Which is on Thursday. Yes. Right. Okay. So you have Jesus coming in on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He goes to the temple. He's teaching. Um, I think even does he is he heals people too, right? Healings. And um, there's Sunday and Monday. Tuesday, um, they have they go and prepare for the Last Supper mm-hmm. meal. And then they eat, you know, their supper, and then Tuesday night they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. They're praying. Jesus is arrested sometime in the middle of the night. You have the scripture for that? Yeah. Somewhere. Um, yeah. Well, we know it's in the middle of the night yeah, because and, the disciples were tired. They kept right. falling asleep. Yes, they kept falling asleep. Um, and then when he's brought to like the elders and they were talking about him, uh, Peter was actually sitting around a fire and they wouldn't just have a fire in the middle of the day. Like it was, you it was, know, cold. It was cold. cold and dark. And, um, and Jesus prophesied that Peter would deny him three times, deny him three times before the rooster crowed and when do roosters crow early in the, in the morning. morning. So it was during the night where he was arrested and brought to the council. Right. And that is what we believe Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Yes. Okay. So track with me here. He's brought before Pilate, um, and he is, you know, they find him guilty, or he did. Pilate doesn't find him guilty, but the the people do. Yeah. And so Jesus is, you know, beat, mocked, you know, all that stuff, and he's on the cross by noon, right? As yep. I say, the sixth by hour the of the day. By the, the sixth day. hour of the day. Where's the scripture for that? Um, Matthew twenty seven forty five says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the, all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the band, bystanders hearing it said, The man is calling Elijah. Um, and on down to verse 50, it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. So that was around the yeah, ninth the hour. The ninth hour. So basically sunrise is around 6 a.m., the ninth hour would be or three o'clock, yeah, ish. Um, and noonish would be when he was when he was on the cross mm-hmm. for sure. So he gave up the ghost around around three o'clock on Wednesday. Yeah, right. So you have three p.m. 
ish Wednesday. Let's go forward. 6 p.m. Wednesday to 6 a.m. Thursday morning. And keep in mind, this is the um, Passover Sabbath, Mm -hmm. Thursday. Thursday. So you have one night, 6 p.m. Wednesday, 6 a.m. Thursday. Okay, Jesus is still dead. There's still no buying or selling on the Sabbath. Yep. Because that's Jewish law. Mm-hmm. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Thursday. One day. We have one night, one day. 6 p.m. Thursday to 6 a.m. Friday. That's the second night. 6 a.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Friday would be the second day. And this is the day that uh, Mary... And uh, the other woman that, the were, other close woman that were close to Jesus yeah. went and got all the oils, spices, and the linens, the things that they needed to prep and anoint his body. Yes. And that is also on the day of preparation because it was in preparation for the regular, weekly, yeah, yeah, the, the weekly, weekly Sabbath. Sabbath for Saturday. Yes. So that's when they had to get all their, their food, their, all yeah. the things they So they needed. didn't have to work or do anything on, on the Sabbath. Sa- yeah. yeah, on By Saturday. Sabbath. So we've got two days and two nights. Here we are, 6 p.m. Friday, 6 a.m. Monday, Saturday, or sorry, <laughs> sorry, S- uh, six p.m. Friday to six a.m. Saturday. That's your third night. Six a.m. Saturday to six p.m. Saturday, third day. You go on forward to six p.m. Saturday evening, six a.m. Sunday. That would have been your fourth night. Well, they showed up six a.m. Sunday morning around sunrise. And he's gone. And he's gone. Mm-hmm. So that tells us that he was risen on the third day. Yeah. Which he just foretold like many, many times. The Bible says. Yeah. Mathematically, that's the only thing I've found that makes any sense yep. for the day of his crucifixion. And also to align with both Sabbaths. Weekly Sabbath and Passover Sabbath. Yep. High day. So, um, and you can compare it to the parallels of the Passover in Exodus, and then just go through the scriptures that we gave you. And, you know, it's not real hard to, to figure out that he, you know, he definitely wasn't crucified on Friday. Like yeah. we're taught. Well, and it's just sometimes, you know, I, my, I, myself, I tend to focus a lot on the gospels when I'm doing my Bible study and reading, but it's, it just shows us how important that it is to read, you know, the Genesis, Leviticus numbers, even though those are sometimes they're hard to get through because they're, you know, their laws and their commandments and just like very, very um, like intricate, hard readings. They're so important to the entirety of the Bible because not only do they prophesy and foretell what's going to happen in the readings to come, but they also give you how it was back then. And mm-hmm. then you can connect the dots. Like we wouldn't have been able to connect the dots if we wouldn't have had all of these sayings of the Passovers and how it was supposed to be. For sure. Um, that's really important. But yeah. the, the main point that we wanted you guys to get out of this was the gospel. This topic isn't meant to be divisive. If you believe in a, a good Friday, it's not meant to hurt your feelings. It's just meant to help you gather information and facts and make your own decision about it. But this is what we believe in based on our biblical readings and our biblical knowledge. That's to me, it gives me a better understanding historically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, kind of going into this, the reason why we talked about it is because we both, both Allie and I have had like, well, especially me, I've had strong (laughs) conviction over celebrating Easter and he just did air quotes, like, yeah, quote-unquote Easter. Easter. I, 
like I cringe every time someone says Easter because I know the history behind that word and that holiday, and it's it's not real good. This is another thing that didn't make sense biblically to us. That's why we, you dug deeper into this whole study of Easter and the word Easter and how it came to pass. So that is the second topic that we kind of want to touch on. Yeah, so the word Easter only appears one time in the Bible, I think, and it's in King James translation, and it's in Acts 12.4. And when he, talking about King Herod, had apprehended him, the apostle Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four squads, to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. But if you go to the Greek translation for the word Easter here, properly translated, um, it is Passover. Yeah, the, the Greek word is Pasha, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pash, Pash, yeah, Pashka or Pasha. Yeah. Yeah, and it's translated as Passover. Um so basically, the, the history of Easter here is that at some point, the um, Roman Emperor Constantine basically tried to merge pagan the pagan festival of Easter with the Christian or Jewish celebration of Passover. And what is the pagan celebration of Easter, you might ask? Basically, worship of the pagan fertility god named Ishtar, mm-hmm. that's how it's properly pronounced. Yeah, there's several names for it, like Ishtar, Ashtoreth, um, which is the Hebrew form of her name. She is a, a pagan a pagan god um, that is the queen of heaven and the god of fertility. Right, that's where the that word comes from originally. Mm-hmm. Um, now translated into the Greek... We get Passover. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you've got the merger of these two um, celebrations, Christians and Jews, and of the pagans. And in doing that, we've replaced like the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover, with Easter eggs and a rabbit. Mm-hmm. And what that does to me is take away, take away the the validity and the seriousness oh, 100%. of the celebration. Like, you can't ask a kid what Easter means without them saying, oh, the, it's the Easter Bunny's birthday. Or, yeah, or yeah the, the Easter Bunny brings me an Easter basket and hides Easter eggs. And, you know, they they had the Easter Bunny because it symbolized, you know, oh, you know, we all know that bunnies reproduce quickly. You know, right. So that was the symbol of fertility. Um Eggs are the symbol of new life. That's a symbol of fertility. And generally in the springtime, things are coming back. Trees, grass. Mm -hmm. um, Quote, unquote, new life. New life, yeah. Yeah. That's that's your your growth and your your new life. And so that's the the symbolism for that is like the Easter eggs. And you might be like, oh, that's not bad. (laughs) Kids can have fun and hunt mm -hmm. Easter eggs and watch for the Easter bunny. But you don't realize what you're doing. Yeah. Have you mentioned Jesus in anything? Like if you're a Bible believing Christian and you believe in God and you believe that Jesus, you know, was crucified for our sins, he was buried and he resurrected on the third day, you should have absolutely nothing to do with the Easter bunny or Easter eggs. I'm sorry if that sounds blunt, but it's it's the truth because it is a direct form of a pagan religion that God condemns over and over and over and over in the Bible. Over right. and over. So check this out, like in ancient Egypt and in Persia, 
people would um, exchange decorated eggs at the spring equinox and mm-hmm. the beginning of their new year. Um, and those eggs were a symbol of fertility, like you said, coming mm-hmm. forth new life and new creatures. And um, which they did that because it was so surprising to them at that time that life could come from an egg. Yeah. Um, so Christians in the East adopted this tradition and the Easter egg became a religious symbol and it re- represented the tomb from which Jesus came forth to new life. And to me, like I, I would never use no. anything pagan to symbolize anything that had to do with, with my God well, and there's, my Jesus. Right. And there's a lots of different like theories of creation myths that ancient people in this time, they thought there was a cosmogenic egg from which the universe is born. Like there's just so much pagan and false God around yeah. this word Easter and this celebration that somehow has gotten mixed with Christianity that shouldn't be there at all. And I, I think that, you know, kids participating in this is not good. (laughs) Yeah. I think all just the symbolism here, basically they demean the truth of Christ's death and his resurrection. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many, like you said, how many children you ask what, yeah. You know, what almost a hundred percent, like almost a hundred percent Easter bunny and an egg. I get chocolate and candy and, and money and, yeah, that's pretty much it. And you're like, mm, no, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just um, now, you know, and me personally, like as a dad now, now that I have this knowledge of the origins of Easter and how it was a, a pagan festival and all this, the symbolism and the different gods, Ishtar, uh, Isatar, and all, all, yeah. the, all the other Tars, <laughs> uh, you can't. You can't go back to that. Yeah. Like, that's why when I said I cringe every time I hear the word Easter, because I'm literally hearing the name of that God. Yeah. That, these that pagans, pagan God, little G God. Yeah, <laughs> worshipped. And that yeah. the, Egyptian, the Egyptians and the Persians, yeah. you know, they did the same stuff that we're having our kids do. Yeah. And so if you hear us reference Resurrection Sunday, that's because we are trying to spread the word that if you are a Christian and you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it should be Resurrection Sunday, not Easter Sunday. See, and with all that being said, I think it's just another thing that through paganism and, and false idols, and that's another way Satan has kind of manipulated and twisted to demean the power of, of the word of God and, and mm-hmm. the true meaning of Christ's burial, death and resurrection. Like we say a, a lot on this podcast, like you or Satan doesn't care what you believe as long as it's not the truth. Like, yeah. If he's got he your just, kid hoping yeah. for an Easter egg basket and candy and whatever gifts and whatnot, and hoping the bunny comes to his house, that's better than your son or your daughter acknowledging the, the truth behind of why we, why we're we're celebrating because mm-hmm. you know, they're not believing the truth they're believing something that's make-believe mm-hmm. yep so anyways um i do i challenge a lot of you guys listening all of you to further your study into that you know go yeah. go look at the timeline of christ's crucifixion and, and his resurrection go look at at the origins of easter and then um then tell me what you find yeah because i'm not saying i'm right I'm just telling you what we found, what I've found. And, yeah. um, and like we say a lot, like it's, don't take our word for it. Take the, the word of God for it. Like yeah. dig and into the Bible do, and yeah, do your own research. Read yeah. it for yourself. You know, I, I could be missing 
all kinds of stuff. I don't think I am, but I could be. You know? <laughs> I wanted to read this little conclusion of this article where we got a little bit of um, the historical evidence of of Easter from. Um, so this, the author of this kind of uh, concludes it like this. In short, to broaden the appeal of the new religion of Christianity in those early centuries, the powerful Roman religious authorities with the backing of the Roman Empire simply co-opted the rites and practices of pagan religions. They relabeled them as Christian and created a new brand of Christianity with customs and teachings far removed from the church Jesus founded. The authentic Christianity, the authentic Christianity of the Bible largely disappeared forced underground by persecution because its followers refused to compromise. Easter does not accurately represent Jesus Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection, though it appears to do so to those who blindly accept religious traditions. Religious traditions, the exact thing Jesus came to break. Okay. In fact, it distorts the truth of the matter. Easter correctly belongs to the Babylonian goddess it is named after, Astarte, also known as Ashtoreth or Ishtar, whose worship is directly and explicitly condemned in the Bible. It's a false god, false idol. The ancient religious practices and fertility symbols associated with her cult existed long before Christ, and regrettably, they have largely replaced and obscured the truth of his death and resurrection. When confronted with these facts about Easter, many professing Christians might raise the question to justify its continuance. With hundreds of millions of well-meaning Christians observing Easter, doesn't this please Jesus Christ? Yet, he has already answered this question in Matthew fifteen nine: In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. How will you choose to worship him? In spirit and in truth, or in fraud and in fable? I thought that was a pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, something to think about. I read the seriousness of of why we celebrate, you know, you're going to worship him in spirit and truth or in fraud and in fable. Amen. So, yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to wrap this whole thing up. I wanted to read a little bit of, out of Matthew of, you know, Jesus's crucifixion and him getting to the crucifixion, getting to the cross and a little bit of his resurrection. Not a lot, but I think that the word of God is powerful and I think that it's always good to read. So I'm just going to start in Matthew 27, 27. So this is when Jesus was just delivered over by Pilate to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand and kneeling before him, they mocked him saying, hail King of the Jews And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of his robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the school, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gal. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments among him, casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him, and over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right, one on the left, and those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests 
with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God, and the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. I just I just think reading what Jesus went through is so important to the crucifixion story. Like, it wasn't just he was, you know, shot or, you know. He it was, was a true suffering. It was a suffering from the very beginning to the very end. And he was mocked and he was beaten and he did it all for you and me. Because he knew that we couldn't bear the load of our sin. And so just going to kind of go down a little bit to verse 51, Matthew 27, 51. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. Imagine being those people. Mm-hmm. After all that happened, Jesus is dead, and then they finally realize after all these. I mean, imagine being there. The curtain of the temple is torn in two. Ro- the earth shook. Rocks were split. You know, the whole. Well, they knew it. Yeah, the whole earth was covered, and they yeah. knew it. Truly, this was the Son of God. And you you can't even write a more tragic and yeah. dramatic story. You know yeah. about Jesus. You know he was a, a servant to the people. He healed people, raised people from the dead, cast out demons, um, washed people's feet. He fed them, fed thousands of them, did miracle signs and wonders, preached a new word, gave hope and life to those who were lost, and then was captured, tortured, beaten, convicted of a crime he did not commit. They gave up, or they, they wanted... Uh, the Roman government to give them Barabbas, who was a murderer, <laughs> instead of Jesus. And they mocked him, put a crown of thorns on him, crucified him, which is one of the most horrific. horrific deaths someone could ever go through. And not only that, they all knew he was innocent. Yeah, Everyone knew it. Yeah. And they still did it. So in the most important part of the story I want to read, it starts in verse 28. Chapter 28, I'm sorry. Chapter 28, verse 1. Um, it's the resurrection. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee, there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. (sighs) He is risen. We don't serve a dead Jew in a Palestinian tomb. We serve a risen Savior. Amen. And then I want to finish with the Great Commission, which is Matthew 28, 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mount to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, and some doubted. 
And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And just a love like that. And it's so true mm-hmm. and serious. Like, I don't know how you could ever read something like that and think, yep, we're going to hunt Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. So um, I this is to... the, tr- the true reason of Anyways, resurrection. Yeah. yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. And thank you for this platform to be able to talk about your son, Jesus, who is the whole reason that we're here, Lord. Thank you for Jesus who who humbled himself and died on the cross for our sins, Lord, because you knew we couldn't bear it. You knew we were too weak and too frail and we could not bear the weight of our sins, Lord. Thank you for not only his death and his burial, but his resurrection. Lord, thank you for everything that Jesus has done for us. And I pray that we have done his resurrection justice and that everything that we have talked about today gives you praise. Lord, thank you for everything that you've given us. We pray that this Resurrection Sunday, you show the truth to many people and they have their eyes wide open going into the rest of the year and truly, truly serve you in spirit and truth, Lord. In Jesus' holy, holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good night, everybody.